Hey, thanks for downloading. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a positive review for me in iTunes. You can also check out my all-too-rarely-updated website at tracknerds.com. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to History and Film. I'm Rich Simmons. Today, we'll examine Asaka, or Ashaka the Great, as it's listed on IMDb, a 2001 film from India. So, again, one of the big gaps in my list is due to a lack of a good movie about Alexander the Great. To make up for it, I'll try to mention when we get close to his influence. So, with that in mind, let's start today in 323 BCE with the death of Alexander. After around nine years of continuous conquest without returning home, his armies met some of their toughest battles yet in what is now India and refused to go any farther. As they returned toward home through Persia and Mesopotamia, Alexander executed and replaced officials that he had left in charge who had not been governing up to his standards. This included the execution of guards who had desecrated the tomb of Cyrus the Great, whom Alexander admired, the same Cyrus we saw conquer Babylon last week. Before Alexander could properly begin administrating the empire he had built, he grew sick and died. The exact cause is unknown, whether malaria or typhoid fever or poisoning or just a combination of battle wounds and heavy drinking. With no clear successor, Alexander's empire was quickly fractured and decades of fighting ensued with four main kingdoms or empires resulting. The largest of these was in Mesopotamia and Central Asia, controlled by Seleucus. In 305 BCE, Chandragupta Maurya, the founder of the Maurya Empire, defeated the nearby Nand Empire and led his forces against Seleucus in India. Long story short, ultimately Seleucus conceded the region in exchange for 500 war elephants, and Chandragupta was left in control of the region. It is Chandragupta who brings us to our film today. Ashoka opens with the elderly Chandragupta abdicating his throne to become a giant monk in 297 BCE, eight years after getting rid of Seleucus. He casts his sword into the river, but his young grandson, Ashoka, retrieves it. All the names and places throughout the movie seem to match right with what I found in my research. When Chandragupta abdicated, he was succeeded by his son Bindusara. The bulk of the film centers around the succession to the throne following Bindusara's reign about 25 years later. Bindusara is still alive, but everyone knows his time is coming. Susima, his eldest son, whose mother was a princess, is the obvious choice. His younger son, Ashaka's mother, was a commoner, but Ashaka is charismatic and the best warrior and the best general in the empire. The movie makes Susima into an entitled brat who just wants to inherit his birthright, and he's willing to assassinate Ashaka to ensure his ascension. After multiple attempts on his life, Ashaka's mother convinces him to go into exile. While in hiding, Ashaka also meets the exiled prince and princess of the neighboring kingdom of Kalinga. Their father had been assassinated, and it's not safe for them to return home. Ashaka quickly falls in love with the princess, Karwaki. She's reluctant at first. He's traveling under an assumed name, and she thinks he's just a common soldier. But he wins her over by protecting her and her brother and teaching her to fight, and they are married. Soon after, though, Ashaka has to suddenly return home, having heard his mother is sick. A lot of time has passed since he left home initially, and now in love, Ashaka tells his brother, Susima, he has no interest in the throne. And his mom was actually fine and just wanted him to come home. Their father wants Ashaka to help him quell a rebellion in the kingdom of Eugene. At first, he ignores this request and returns to find his bride, Karwaki. But those who killed her parents and sent her and her brother into exile have struck again, and Ashaka believes they have killed Karwaki and her young prince brother. 
It was actually two stand-ins who sacrificed themselves so Karwaki and the prince could live. But Ashaka doesn't know this, and he goes ballistic. He goes to battle for his father and takes out his rage on the battlefield against the Ujjain. He is wounded and has a long recovery. A Buddhist girl, Devi, who nurses him back to health, falls in love with him. Ashaka is still heartbroken over Karwaki, but he eventually does marry Devi. And quick historical note, these women do match the names of the first two wives of Ashaka, though in reality he married Devi first and then Karwaki. His father, the Emperor Bindusara, dies around this time, and after more assassination attempts on Ashaka and, and Devi, one of which results in the death of Ashaka's mother, Ashaka finally confronts Sasima. But Sasima refuses to fight and says Ashaka will have to kill him in cold blood if he wants the throne. As Ashaka lowers his guard, Susima moves to stab him in the back but is killed by one of Ashaka's men. His heart now hardened by the deaths of Karwaki and his mother, Ashaka is quickly turning remorseless. He says he will become the greatest emperor on earth. He orders the deaths of his remaining brothers, and the film goes into a conquest montage. He becomes obsessed with winning and conquest and is becoming known as Evil Ashaka. The last kingdom to hold out against him is Kalinga, where Karwaki's young brother, the prince, is now in charge. But remember, when he had been with the prince and, prince and the princess Karwaki, Ashaka had used a false name. So Ashaka thought they were dead, and they had no idea the wicked Ashaka conquering everyone was their friend, whom they had been looking for this whole time. Some Kalinga women are fighting alongside the men against Ashaka, and this includes Karwaki, whom Ashaka had taught to fight. She sees him on the battlefield, and this is how she learns her beloved lost husband is the ruthless Ashaka. Kalinga loses, and in the aftermath of the battle, Ashaka finally sees Karwaki as well, and the regret of his destruction overwhelms him. She wants to fight him, tears in her eyes. He begs her forgiveness as her brother approaches them both. And as he's the prince of Kalinga, Ashaka's forces put three arrows in his back before Ashaka can stop them. He cradles the dying boy and vows to be a peaceful traveler on a journey of love, peace, and nonviolence. We see Ashaka later throw his sword into the same river his grandfather Chandragupta did at the beginning. The closing title cards say, quote, After the Kalinga War, 260 BC, Ashaka realized that he had only conquered corpses. He set forth on a journey to conquer the hearts of the people through love. Unquote. This does match with Ashaka's historic embracing of Buddhism. In reality, he was probably far more ruthless than the movie makes him out to be. They try to make sure he's always a redeemable protagonist, even when he's slaughtering other kingdoms. Casting him as more of an anti-hero might have been more realistic, and it might also have made his redemption at the end of the movie that much more powerful. After the death of Ashaka, the Maurya Empire had about 50 years of weaker rulers, and the empire came to an end in 180 BCE, with the assassination of Brihadratha, as smaller kingdoms and empires seized control of the various parts of the once mighty Maurya Empire. Again, the movie pretty much gets the gist of Ashaka's story correct, but I want to add a little more context and a few details. Chandragupta, again Ashaka's grandfather, who founded the Maurya Empire, was from the Magudha Kingdom and was tutored by Chanakya, the credited author of the Arthashastra, basically the Indian version of the Art of War, or the Prince. And that's a gross oversimplification, I'm sure, but hey, I've never heard of it before. After reigning for 24 years, Chandragupta did abdicate his throne around 298 BCE to become a Jain monk. Jainism is an ancient religion that still has more than 4 million followers today. The three main tenets of Jainism are nonviolence, non-attachment to worldly things, 
and non-absolutism. Basically acknowledging that we can't really know or express anything, that the truth is beyond us. It's worth noting that the swastika is an important symbol to them with its four arms representing humans, angels, demons, and non-human life like plants and animals. Chandragupta was succeeded by his son Bindusara, who, though he ruled for 25 years, is seen as the lesser emperor between his father and his son Ashaka. Bindusara had many children with many wives, and his choice to replace him was actually his eldest son named Susima. His ministers, however, preferred Ashaka, and however exactly it went down, Ashaka did ultimately become emperor and is said to have killed 99 of his brothers, similar to what we saw in the movie. Under Ashaka, the Maurya Empire became the largest to ever rule India, geographically speaking. The most notably destructive part of his conquest was against the Kingdom of Kalinga. Legend has it that it was after seeing the aftermath of this conflict that led Ashaka to have a change of heart. He embraced Buddhism and established several monuments in honor of the Buddha. It's also worth noting that if you see the Indian symbol with four lions seated back to back to back, uh, this is called the Lion Capital of Ashaka. It's a sculpture from the time of Ashaka that can be found in the Sarnath Museum in India. It originally sat atop one of the many 40 to 50 foot tall pillars erected to post edicts of the emperor. 20 such pillars of Ashaka still stand today in their, in their original locations throughout his empire. One of these edicts did express his regret over the destruction of Kalinga. And the opening title cards of Ashaka dedicate the film to the Orissa people who were originally the people of Kalinga. It also says the movie is a fictionalized account of legend and history. So there you go. A quick note on Buddhism. It is the world's fourth most practiced religion after Christianity, Islam, and Hinduism. It originated in India with the Buddha himself living probably just two or three hundred years before Ashoka, soon after the time of the fall of Babylon. If I had to attempt to condense Buddhism into one thought, it would be this. Wants and desires make us miserable, so we should try to free ourselves from them to find peace. So overall, this seems to be a pretty darn good representation of Ashaka, a conquering emperor who turned to Buddhism and peace for the last three decades of his reign. And it is very much a Bollywood production. You don't often see war epics with song and dance numbers. Ashaka only has a 6.7 on IMDb and a 68% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, but it has a 100% critic score. And granted with just 10 reviews, but I agree with the critics. Yes, it's campy and not something that may translate well to an American audience, but I thought it was delightful and I, I highly recommend it. The film stars Shah Rukh Khan as Ashaka. He's basically one of the biggest stars in the world if you're familiar with Indian film. I have seen a handful of Indian movies, but I, I don't think I'd ever actually seen him in anything before. Uh, as of this recording, Ashaka is available to stream on Netflix. There's also a 1941 movie about Ashaka called Ashok Kumar but I didn't find many others, mostly books and TV about Ashaka and his grandfather, Chandragupta. But Bollywood does seem to have many films about Indian history, just not all of them are available for me in the U.S. It's worth noting that India produces more films annually than the U.S. and Canada combined. Elsewhere in the world at the time of Ashaka, who reigned from 268 to 232 BCE, the first Punic War between Carthage and Rome began in 264 BCE, so just before the destruction of Kalinga, in 257 BCE, the Tuk dynasty takes over what is now Vietnam. And at the same time, Ashaka claimed victory over Kalinga. The Qin state in China won a big victory against the Zhou state at the Battle of Chengping. This victory set the stage under King Zhou Zhang for Qin to become the dominant force in China. Three decades later, just five years after the death of Ashaka, 
assassins attempted to kill the great-grandson of Zhou Zheng. And that's where we're headed next week, to the court of Qin Shi Wang in 2002's action epic Hero, starring Jet Li. 